top three things that really helped me change my financial habits and come back to a place where I felt really good about then building a wealth platform and choosing to be a wealthy person, choosing to be sovereign around money and choosing to allow money flow to come into my life even more. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast. I have a really important topic for everyone today. We're talking about accessing money flow, even when it feels like it's not there and how to actually apply three practical concepts and three energetic concepts to help you unlock this. And I have my notes with me today. Why? Because and I hope it gives you permission to have notes. It doesn't look unprofessional. It doesn't look like you're not an expert. I have notes in front of me because I tend to go off tangent a lot. One of my clients said to me, oh, it was Nicole Towers. I had a beautiful human design reading and quasi Jean Keys reading. She read certain sequences for me, which was very special. And she said to me, I'm so sorry. Sometimes I go on tangents. And I said, Nicole, I speak tangents. I speak in tangents. And even ironically, as I'm talking about this, I am going on a tangent. Anyhow, I have my notes and I've been journaling because earlier this month, I had some interesting conversations with clients and they were all kind of saying the same thing, but in different ways. One client said to me, I can't trust the flow of money because I've been so in the essence, the energy, the familiarity of feast and famine, that the idea of trusting that money is going to come as a consistent flow is so foreign to me. And I've bought into the belief that I don't need consistency, which is a whole other discussion on its own. But I'm definitely of the school that if you run a business, you do need consistency with money flow. Otherwise, how are you going to pay your staff and keep your business afloat. And then anything in excess of that fluctuates, but it is your job to have consistent income so that you can have your business feel also in energetic consistency with what you want to build. Secondly, I had a client say to me that she's so fixated around the money going out that she can't see the money that's coming in or the money that's around her. When I did the free class around fearless selling and really looking at how to calibrate more to money flow, which by the way, this free class is available in my free Facebook group. You can just go look up Flow State Business in Facebook. If you're a Facebook person, find me there. I will do classes in there, live streams. And I did this epic one just over an hour long about how you can calibrate to money flow. And there were three challenges in there. You guys loved it. It's just so fun doing it. So many people were on the live. We have 300 comments. That's just back and forth. So if you want to feel in the live, do that. But anyway, one of the conversations was around wells and wells of money and noticing how much is actually around you, like taking a look around your environment right now. I gave an example of one of my clients who actually was really struggling with the idea of feeling abundant when no money was coming in. Now, this particular client also happened to have a really beautiful home. And I said to her, why don't you just get your home valuated and get someone to come in, the bank or a real estate agent, and just price up your house. How much is it worth? Because it's going to feed into your overall net worth, right? Your equity, and not to say you're going to redraw on the house or anything like that whatsoever, but it's just knowing the energy and the how much the house is, right? Like, and the value of where you're living. That one exercise, she did it straight away. The house was worth so much more than what she thought. And there was something different about the way she walked that day. It was just like on cloud nine, feeling so excited, feeling so seen, feeling so supported. Another client of mine went on to say that she doesn't trust herself with money, just 
it, whenever she has lots of money or whenever she's coming to more money in her business, it just seems to kind of disappear, dissipate, go away. And she doesn't really know where it goes. So these three women, might I add, are incredible women in business. They deal with money coming in and out of their companies. One of them is like 10K a month. One of them is 50K a month. And one of them is 150K a month when she's launching and 70,000 when she's not. So I'm talking women who are working with a lot of money, but not trusting it, not able to see the incomings and feeling feast or famine. And this is why the principles of money flow doesn't come to a complete beautiful place when you have more money. It doesn't. You have to work around and through the belief system that's driving you to become a wealthy person. Because I can tell you, I've met so many people who are earning so much money and they are far from wealthy. They do not live a wealthy lifestyle. They do not act in a wealthy way. Their vibe is so full of lack. So let's work on that together today. The first thing I'm going to ask you to do, if this is definitely you or you see a part of this in your behavior, because it is a behavior, it is a belief that's driving your thoughts, beliefs, and actions, is asking you to come back to the simplicity of when was the last time that you fully and wholly 100% trusted something? That is a big question in and of itself. I actually asked my husband this and he's like, what do you mean? And I said, well, when was the last time you trusted something? Like, He's like, oh, I trust you. And I'm like, fantastic. That's nice. But what else? And so we started brainstorming. It was things like trusting that your heart is going to beat until the day it doesn't. Trusting that you're going to fall asleep that night. Trusting that the sun comes up. Trusting that the car is not going to fall, you know, under a bridge or something as you get into the car that day. Trusting that, oh my goodness, that yeah, school is going to run for the kids. Things like this. The overall sense of trust doesn't need to be too heavy, but it's how life operates. And you don't question it. You don't question your inhales and your exhale. You don't question the ebb and the flow of the ocean. It just is. You know what's going to happen. You know that it's going to be there. So really take a minute right now and ask yourself, when was the last time I really fully trusted something and wasn't even aware of it? This is going to be a really big key component. The awareness side of things is either going to tip you into feeling really attached and needing something to happen versus not feeling too aware of it. It's happening in and around you and you feel this sense of detachment and it's a healthy form of detachment, right? Imagine if you were constantly worried about when your heart was going to beat next, it would be so completely stressful. Trusting is also fundamentally feeling that you can really rely on something. So there's another way to look at it. I really, really rely on when I punch the numbers in my ATM, that money is going to spit out because I know there's money in there, not just hoping that there is money in there, but that there is, and that the bank is going to produce cash. It's just going to happen. As one example, I trust the fact that when I pay my coffee guy, I'm going to get the coffee that I want an iced oat milk latte. But trust is so fragile, isn't it? Doesn't take a lot to break trust. Whether you've been in an unhealthy relationship and trust has been broken there, friendships and romantic, by the way, whether you felt a sense of mistrust, like I see it with my kids all the time. Let's say when they get injured or something happens the other day, oh my God, this is so embarrassing. One of us forgot to pick Teddy up from school and it was a very, very you know, everyday sort of mistake. We kind of had a nap and just forgot to wake up and pick him up from school. <laughs> oh my gosh, naughty, naughty parents. And it's literally never happened before, ever. And we were about 20 minutes late. Anyway, so what do you think happened the next day? What do you think one of my sons said to me? 
Are you going to be there when the bell goes? Trust is fragile. We haven't lived it down. I actually do not think we're going to live this one down. Oh, that's so funny. We're still laughing about it. He's not, but we are. It was literally 20 minutes, dude. It's okay. Anyway, trust is fragile because of the expectations and also the confidence that we place on something, hoping that it's going to act in a certain way. So how are you hoping and almost expecting money to show up? It doesn't feel in balance. Are you doing your bit? Or are you sleeping in and forgetting to pick it up? (laughs) Do you see what I did there, the analogy? So let's get to the concept of three ways to really build up that trust and that relationship with money so that it can flow without you being so bloody needy around it. And this is where it can get really weird and strange. Like think about even when, I don't know, you were at school or at work and someone was really, really needy. You know, you had a manager who really needed you to tell them how great they were. You had friends at school who really needed to be in the popular group. You know, you see it with your family members or that sense of approval, that sense of, okay, you know, please, please need me. And maybe you see a little bit of that in yourself and how you're reflecting that back onto your relationship with money. So let's start with practical advice. Number one, I want you to acknowledge where your relationship with money felt wronged. And this is going back to origin story work. So if you haven't done this before, it's such an awareness exercise. What was your beliefs around money? Why does it feel like a sense of mistrust? For those of you that know my story, you'll know that my origin story with money was one that really fluctuated. Sometimes we had a lot of it. Sometimes we didn't have hardly any of it. And my dad And my mum had a really, really tumultuous relationship with financial abundance. I don't even think we can use the word abundance. A lot of it was more so in the realm of financial trauma, heartache, disappointment. And my personal story, which I will elaborate on one day, I'm sure, is so traumatic. I still feel like there's parts of it that I've hidden from, you know, really seeing it for what it is. But I've healed, I've done, you know, my healing and my forgiveness work, but money really led me to a very dark place at one point in time. So much so that I told myself I didn't want to have any of it. I didn't trust money. Not that I didn't trust it around me, but I just didn't want to have it around me because I had this belief that it attracted bad people, that it attracted terrible things in my life and I was happy without it. So I broke my trust with money so many times as a pattern in my 20s. I would earn all this money. I was earning six figures and I had nothing to show for it. I'll never forget the day that I had to ask my mum for money, which was so humiliating as like a late 20 year old person and asking if I could have five grand to pay for groceries, petrol, food, and that I would fix her up when my next paycheck showed up. Like it was just, I mean, you know what I mean? It's you never want to be in that position. So let's acknowledge where the trust was broken because a lot of the healing can come from seeing where it happened. And then we forgive, we forgive, we work on whatever we need to work on to forgive. For me, I know I'm making it sound really easy, but it did take a good two to three years to work on the forgiveness energy of feeling wronged by the people who had money of feeling as though people who had the money and it was in the wrong hands reflected it back on me. And I was almost like in the way, you know, like I was in the ricochet of it all. So I dealt with that and that was great. The second thing that I decided to do, because kind of like client number three, who said, 
whenever money's around me, I'm just really bad with it was I decided to get really smart with money. I really, really wanted to educate myself on money, to keep consistent around it, to find a real sovereignty around it. So I did a whole lot of financial education. And this meant following people who really spoke about money in a sovereign way. Tony Robbins did a lot of great work for me personally. Also following financial advisors on YouTube, seeking advice from those who actually manage money well and leaning into what they did. So at one point I was having a coffee with my CEO and I was like, how do you manage all the money that you have? Like I just asked him out and out when I was working in my job and he was really transparent. He just opened up to me saying, get a good financial advisor, make smart decisions with your money, allow yourself to have fun with it, play with it, invest it well, and just find the right people who can mentor you around financials. The third thing is really for me, what helped was knowing my boundaries and learning from the mistakes that I had made. So certain boundaries, the one that comes to mind is when you know, you're traveling and oh my gosh, you can get so caught up in the romance of travel. And in particular for me, it's like, I'm going to travel. I'm going to buy all the things that I want. And then coming back from that trip, feeling as though there's so much debt to pay off and like constantly feeling as though you have to make up for that trip. And I definitely didn't appreciate that cycle in my life. So I wanted to come back to, well, what are my financial boundaries when I am traveling that feel good to me, that feel safe to me? I hated that feeling coming back from a big trip and feeling as though I was more poor than ever, had more debt than ever, had the banks, you know, sending me all these letters like pay your credit card bill. I just didn't want to be like that anymore. And so my way of being around money changed. I went from being a spender saver to a saver spender. So I saved the money that I wanted to spend first, and then I could do that quite guilt-free. There's so many other tips that I'm sure you've heard financial gurus talk about from a money perspective, practical money perspective, but I just wanted to share with you the top three things that really helped me change my financial habits and come back to a place where I felt really good about then building a wealth platform and choosing to be a wealthy person, choosing to be sovereign around money and choosing to allow money flow to come into my life even more. So let's now move to the three energetic ways to help money flow even better. So I want to talk about the more intangible stuff, but also these things absolutely lead to the more practical, tangible outcomes that you're desiring, if not an even more powerful outcome. So the first one is being present in the moment when trust issues show up, because here's the thing, it does show up again. One of my first ever spiritual mentors and I, we worked together and we did so much breaking down of the money mindset stuff with me, so much forgiveness work, so much letting go of the burden. And I said to her, okay, am I all done now? Like, am I healed? And she's like, oh honey, no. She's just like, I, I wish that was the case, but we are forever evolving. We're forever transforming. There's always going to be new levels for us to really dig deeper into. And boy, was she right. Lindsay Schroeder, you were right. It comes up again and again in different ways. And I'm so glad that she'd almost given me the heads up around it. And I love that. I love going through now being very conscious about where my money blocks are and being mindful around my money story and my journey. And 
I've done so much work with hypnotherapy, with kinesiology, and something different shows up every time. Like there was this really random thing that showed up the other day when I did self-led RTT hypnotherapy with Marissa Peer. She has this like 21 day abundance challenge, which I did. And I don't can't quite remember what the exercise was because I was so deep in it. But a fear came up around money of it specifically to do with XORL, my apparel brand. And the image that came up because my dad was into network marketing at one point and he was selling vitamins of some kind. And I just remember going into his office and seeing boxes and boxes of vitamins everywhere, basically boxes of things that weren't sold. And I had this deep set image in my subconscious mind that I would have heaps of leftover stock and that no one would buy my stuff. And I had to clear that. I cleared that in that self-led hypnotherapy. And what do you know? Like, we're pretty much almost sold out of the first collection about to bring in the second collection. But there's things like that around money blocks, which show up. And whilst that's more on the inventory side, inventory is money, right? Like moving stock is money. You're putting money towards capital gains. You want to be able to bring the profitability back. So that's been very, very interesting to see that really come to and understanding that when those blocks come up again, or even the stories that come up again, it's not there to hurt you. It's actually there to help you. Number two, when it comes to energy work, it's my favorite and do not fast forward this bit. Don't you dare really listen to it. If you've swept this under the rug so many times over, this is not the time to do that. It's gratitude. The amount of times that I feel frustrated and annoyed with where I think I should be financially, even if it's like, let's say income targets, I really want to be here and I'm not here yet and I'm annoyed. It's so easy. Oh my God, to go into that push energy, isn't it? launch more, go live, do two more posts, write an email, make sure the call to actions are more succinct, blah, blah, blah. When really the times when I've seen the most amount of money flow come through somewhat magically, air quotes, is when I sit down and I do a 20 minute deep gratitude practice. I'm so grateful for this, 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 for the air that I breathe, for the water out of the tap, for the cute outfit I'm wearing today, very cute outfit that I'm wearing today, for the car that I drive, for the petrol that's in there for the ability to buy my groceries, for the safe house that I live in, things like that. I just list and I list and I list until I feel this overwhelming sense of gratefulness, like there's no coming back from that. And then from that place, I invite the money to flow and it flows so much faster. It flows so much more in this way that is unexplainable, like this magnetism this alchemy happens. And it might not even be about the thing that I'm launching or what I've got going on. People are saying, Hey, I'm going to Bali. Can you host a retreat for me there in Bali? And I don't have anything on the cards. I'm not planning to go to Bali, for example. And this actually happened. A client of mine just said, can you please come to Bali and host a business coaching day with me? Those sorts of magnetism type show up out of nowhere, thin air opportunities show up when you are in a sense of gratitude. And in particular, seeing your challenges as a way to foster contentment and humility. So if you are coming at this gratitude practice, feeling really stuck, annoyed, frustrated, and maybe just downright humbled because something happened and no one showed up to your launch or no one bought your thing. Come to this gratitude practice of I'm grateful for this experience. I'm grateful for what it showed me. You know, I'm not beyond having launches that don't go so well. Of course not. There's every entrepreneur experiences it in some way. And, you know, I might've had someone go, I really want this thing. And then they don't want it. Or please do a course on sales and 
five people buy it. That kind of thing absolutely happens from time to time. And I come into this gratitude practice and I'm like, this has taught me humbleness and humility and taking the ego away and serving those five people who bought it. But I also know that there is an opportunity to be better. I also know there's an opportunity to do something else to make this of greater impact. What does that look like? Show me what that looks like. And the answers came straight afterwards. Big answers came straight afterwards. Okay, last one, this energy, which I touched on earlier, of non-attachment. There's something really bougie about the energy of non-attachment, don't you think? It's like this level of unbothered. I was watching Hailey Bieber launch her, whatever, her lip gloss line. And, you know, I'm in the comments and I'm seeing what people are writing and they're like, look at this unbothered queen just building her empire and doing her thing because so much drama has been around her. And I think we'll be around her for a long time just because she's Hailey Bieber. But it's so true. I was like, yes, I love this. This is so true. There's this unbothered queenliness kind of energy that goes around that. And the reason why it's so magnetic and why money flows more when you're not attached to it is because detaching is the most juicy energy. It almost chases you. Like, have you ever been pursued by somebody and you're so unbothered by it? It's like, yeah, maybe I will say yes. Maybe I won't. Maybe I will go out for that coffee. Maybe I won't. <laughs> As opposed to checking your phone every, every three seconds and seeing if this person responded, right? So it's not about being clingy to things and suffering because of the attachment that you're placing on it, suffering because of the experience that you want it to actually give you. Like this money flow needs to help me feel better about myself and my self-worth. It's never going to work that way. Money flow comes from this sense of it's holistic energy for sure, but it's also getting real with what is it that you would like from it from a pure heart-led perspective, I want to help people. I want to, even if it's something really close to your heart, I want to buy my parents a new car. I want to be able to buy a property and be able to host events in there that serve the community, whatever it is. If you can connect to that and the money flows for that, that's what matters, right? That's what counts. If even if it's something really simple, I want to get out of all of my debt. I'm inviting the money flow in so I can get out of my debt and I can act from a place of feeling abundant because I have no debt. That's a great place to begin, right? How I like to connect to money flow recently is I want to earn so much overflow that I'm able to pay my staff incredible bonuses at the end of next year. And I can treat them to holidays all around the world and Imagine what I can do for my clients. Imagine what I can do for my friends and my family. Imagine what I can do for the local school. Imagine what I can do for the local football club. There's so many things that I have on this list that I want to do that's directly within my community and my inner circle. And that's how I purely connect to the energy of money flow. It's not really specifically about me because I'm looked after now. It's how I can impact others close to me. And then the next phase is going to be, I call it world peace. I'm going to go and build schools and all those things, right? That's that's the next phase. So I hope this helps today to help you really see money flow in a new, different, refreshing way. And maybe it was just a really great reminder. If you love this, as always, let me know. Please share. I have been loving speaking about money, you guys, because there's so much discussion right now happening in my world with seven-figure mindsets and how you get from not earning so much to 
in five years, my life completely transformed. In five years, I wasn't earning so much. Now I run a multiple million dollar company and I've just started a second one, which will well and truly be a multiple million dollar company. How does one do that? Hopefully this podcast episode has helped you in some way. If it is, please leave me a review, a like, comment, share. I appreciate you so, so much. And I'll catch you in the next episode. Bye, my loves. Thank you.